0: We welcome you to Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Glad to have you with us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at any delta covers Me or deltadentalcoversme.com, Dental coversme.com is their website and uh, Dan Weed's website is weedfamilyautomotive.com and Dan is with us in studio this morning. Welcome back, Dan. Ken, good morning. Well, good to be here. It is uh, great to have you with us and uh, and I you know you were nice enough to send me an article a couple of weeks ago. We always uh, somehow some way all the time we talk we all always get around to uh, electric vehicles and uh, how there are some who are pushing to have all of us driving electric cars by what 2025
1: 2025 2035 but it's yeah. a pretty, pretty hard push right now
0: yeah. yeah a hard push they they want us out of our gas-powered vehicles uh but uh, you know and uh, and many in the media because of, of the fact that uh, you know the democrats want it they're pushing it as well but you sent me a, a very well-written article that uh, makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, many times we don't get that when it comes to a lot of topics, including uh, electric cars. Right, right. No, I was uh, pleasantly surprised at this article, and uh, it comes out of Toyota Motor Corp.
1: And uh, Automotive News wrote the article up, and uh, I thought it was very well put together. Uh, A lot of great uh, data to go with it, scientific facts to go with it. So if you want to look it up online, uh, it's through automotive news, the the weekly, uh, corporate, uh, newsletter, if you will, for the automotive industry. And the headline is Toyota to EV only extremists.
0: Science says you're wrong. Oh, who cares about science, right? Right. right. It's it's just a farce. (laughs) Certainly (laughs) not our current administration, that's for sure. But uh, at any rate, it it is a great article. And and it it talks about the fact that that there is and will continue to be, and it's uh, uh, going to be even worse as the years go by, a great shortage of lithium. Exactly. And you need lithium. For the batteries, at
1: least in the technology it, that we it, have right, right now. now, you know, okay, right now, you know, and and this is what hinges on everything is the battery technology, right? And right now, lithium, right now, is the forefront of battery technology. I mean, there's multiple different uh, makeups of lithium batteries, whether it's lithium ion, lithium ferrous, uh, lithium polymer, but that right now today the lithium battery uh, per pound has the the biggest energy capacity, energy storage capacity of any other battery that we've developed. Now, there's other technologies out there that are being developed. So next year, next month, whatever it happens to be, there might be a new technology out that gets us away from the lithium. But right now, the focus is strictly on the lithium battery in car manufacturing.
0: Yeah. And everyone wants as much uh, battery storage as humanly possible, right? And that's yeah. you
1: know that's where our if you will range anxiety comes from is a battery capacity.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, you know, so Toyota is, is saying, you know, uh, you know, as we you know ease into this, uh, there's no saying, easing into you know, this. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, they're doing a, a deep dive. That, that's uh, you know, if you watch the Super Bowl, you know how many uh, ads there were. That either were for electric vehicles of some kind, or featured electric vehicles. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I, not. I didn't get to watch the entire game, but the portion of the game that I saw, I saw more electric vehicle
0: commercials, and yeah. I didn't
1: see my bud Wiser Clydesdales. I, I know.
0: I I, I I guess there was one because I missed them completely too, and I thought I watched most of the game, which I did. I did walk out a couple of times, uh, but uh, halftime. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, there was apparently one commercial that featured like a glimpse of a Clydesdale. Mm-hmm. So I I don't. Know. Oh wait, wait. We got to remember that they're methane. Producing, oh, oh, that's true. You know, that's horrible, true. horrible animals. So that's probably why we didn't that, see them. That must be it. That that must be it. <laughs> but they used to be. You know, every year for for many many years of, of Super Bowls, the the commercials featuring the Clydesdales mm-hmm. were always the favorites. Right? Yeah, for sure. The Clydesdales and the dog that was the, always with them. Right. And, and then the baby horses. Yeah. You know, the, you know oh, later yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. But I think there was a glimpse of a Clydesdale. Uh, in one commercial that I heard, I did read something about if you if you blinked, you missed it. But, <laughs> but at any rate, what a Toyota uh, you know is uh, is talking about in, in this article is you know more hybrid cars, right? Yeah,
1: and, and they went on to say that you know their their if you will environmental scientists have sat down, looked at the numbers. And Toyota's come up with a plan. that It's a multi-pronged approach for blending EVs with hybrids and other green technologies to do more good in the global battle to cap carbon dioxide emissions. Yeah. Uh, so th- they're figuring that the best way to approach this is a blended approach, you know, have a few f- fully electric vehicles, but really rely on the hybrid technology. Now, keep in mind, Toyota is at the forefront, has been now for 20 plus mm. years of hybrid technology. Yeah. They have this down pat. Uh, And so to see them come out with this, but what was really nice to see is they came out with the figures to back it up with the proof of of what they're talking about, and they gave you the data
0: to to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if uh, there are many, honestly. I I wonder if our uh, Secretary of Transportation has ever read the data uh, involved. You know, if if, if Mr. Buttigieg would uh, just read this article, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, well, Maybe not. But, you know, just uh, just read the facts that uh, Toyota, Toyota puts forth here. You know, it's just uh, a great article and fact-driven, science-driven. And uh, I, I don't think there are a whole lot of – Legislators from one side of the aisle that are paying a whole lot of attention, attention to this. No, they're just a, pushing electric vehicles. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's a whole agenda, you know. Yeah, and yeah. you know, part of me has to wonder. You know, is this an agenda to get away from? oil dependency is it an agenda for carbon emissions what is the truth behind yeah. this hard hard push for the electric vehicles and now, don't get me wrong i i think the electric vehicles are really cool yeah. i think it's a neat oh, technology yeah. yeah and if it fits your driving and your lifestyle th- then let's embrace it but this hard push to make gasoline powered cars go away and trucks and whatever i th- think you're swallowing a pretty tough pill right there because reality is that you don't have enough battery capacity to run, heck, the logging trucks up in Maine, you right, know, right. that, yep. guess what, are, are producing renewable energy for us and renewable forestry products. You know, th- there's just not enough power to enable the entire, uh, if you will, forestry management just in the state of Maine alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In you the know, state of Maine alone. Alone. Think about that. You know,
1: yeah. there's not enough Batteries not enough, charging capacity not enough, any of it to be able to sustain the logging industry, the timber industry, just in the state of Maine. Never mind, look at all of New England.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, neither one of us we want to you know uh, mention, and you and you did. I mean, we're we're not opposed to electric vehicles, but uh, you know, you know, in some quarters they're being pushed down our throats. And there, you know, the infrastructure is not there yet for one thing. Not, not yet. And, not yet.
1: You know, and he, he, here, here <laughs> yeah. we go. You know, we talk yeah. about the energy grid, and everybody in the state was dead set against the northern pass.
0: Yeah. But yeah. if
1: you look around, any local town surrounding Concord right now, there's a huge, huge undertaking going on. Right, right underneath everybody's nose that they don't even see, with uh, the power line upgrades. You know, you could virtually say that they're putting the northern pass in right under your nose,
0: yeah. and nobody's saying a word about it. <laughs> That's true. That, that is very true, and in all parts of the state. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no question about that. But, uh, but
1: yeah, Toyota's under you know some pretty hard fire right now, uh, for, for what the critics are saying foot dragging on pure electric vehicles. Mm. Uh, but Toyota's message is back to the people who say EVs is the only way forward, that they're wrong. You know, science says that you're wrong. And some of the facts that they come out with um, about reducing carbon emissions, but the best way is to use all the technologies that we have available. Right. And this still includes, yes, gasoline or fossil fuel-powered vehicles, uh hybrid and battery so a good mix of everything is the best way to approach because there, there are some situations like we just talked about where i'm sorry you're never going to be able to truly get away from gas
0: and diesel power that is true and you think about it uh, less than three years ago this country was energy independent that's right less than three years ago energy independent now look at it now us. we're struggling yeah yeah, I mean, we think we're getting a great deal when we pay uh, three twenty nine for a gallon of gas now. Right. <laughs> when three years ago it was like two twenty nine or less, and I won't tell you where it's three nineteen yet. So oh, okay. all right, because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's three thirty nine <laughs> in town you, here you in most m- places. You must get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Dan Weed is with us from Weed Family Automotive, one twenty four Store Street in Concord. Lots of construction in that area, but Dan remains open Monday through Friday. Are you going to be open next Monday? We are. Oh, President's Day. You yes. will be open. All right. There he goes. Good to know. And uh, you can make an appointment right now, 603-225-7988. Lots more to come here on Kale & Company. Great to have you with us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and uh, we will be right back. Kale & Company live here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Dan Weed here with us from Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord, and just reading from this article that we referred to a couple of weeks ago uh, that Dan forwarded to me. Uh, Toyota, of course, was the uh, the early pioneer in eco vehicles uh, with its Prius, right? Yeah, and uh, twenty plus years ago now. Yeah, yeah, and that's imagine that over twenty years ago increasingly uh, criticized by some investors, environmentalists, and EV enthusiasts who say that their uh, president, Mr. Toyoda, Mm -hmm. O-D-A, uh, has moved too slowly into the quick-growing segment of uh, EVs. And uh, one of their scientists uh, from MIT, a uh, robotics and artificial intelligence whiz, is also the CEO of the Toyota Research Institute, and uh, he says his team has uh, unveiled a you know a looming supply shortage for lithium, as we talked about, mm-hmm. the critical ingredient in the lithium-ion batteries uh, needed for pure EVs, plug-in hybrids, and standard hybrids. The shortage will make it very difficult to supply all the EVs that the industry envisions, right. at least to this point, right? Right.
1: Yeah. And keep in mind that, you know, lithium is a natural m- mineral resource. Mm-hmm. It has to be mined from the earth. Right. So how many more open mines are you going to license in in the in our country yeah. after closing down all these coal mines over the years? You're right. Gonna, you're going out- right. to allow these mines to be reopened to, t- you know, open up the earth, dig into it, and... With all the mining equipment involved, so yeah. tr-
0: truly where well, is that this administration you know? is not big on fossil fuels <laughs> <laughs> Well but yeah, you know yeah, yeah.
1: Let, let's look at the entire carbon footprint from yeah. I'll call it cradle to grave on this. you know yeah. are we looking at that? Or are we just looking at in this case, you know they're looking at the carbon emissions out the tailpipe, all right And an electric vehicle has no carbon emissions out the tailpipe. Uh, the hybrid vehicles have very little. But with our computer technology and everything we have today in the internal combustion engines, your gas engine, the emissions out of most of these cars is almost net zero. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's why we have, we used to have what we called a a low emission vehicle. Then it came to an ultra low emission vehicle. Most of the vehicles these days are a partial zero emission vehicle. We call it PZEV. Mm -hmm. So there's very, very little coming out the tailpipe anymore. Right. Right.
0: So what's the big concern, right? Right. To what end are we doing all this? Uh, Toyota's conclusion is that to make the biggest dent in carbon emissions, it makes more sense to spread this limited supply of lithium among as many cars as possible uh, to electrify as many cars as possible. And the reasoning is that each car would have only enough lithium for a small hybrid battery, not the big powerful batteries of a full electric vehicle. But because so many cars would be hybridized, as it were, uh, their overall impact in reducing carbon dioxide emissions would be bigger than a smaller fleet of pure EVs. Mm -hmm. So they want to spread the lithium around to the hybrids rather than concentrate strictly on EVs.
1: And his his model is pretty interesting, so they look at a, a full- gasoline-powered engine that produces 250 grams per kilometer. Not not very much, all right? Right. And his, yeah. mo- his model starts by h- hypothesizing a fleet of 100 traditional internal combustion engines with 250 grams, and then you add in electric vehicles. So let's look at the reduction. So we have a fleet of 100 that's putting out 250 grams per kilometer. We add one electric vehicle into that fleet, and it only changes it to 248.5. So you lost a gram and a half per kilometer with one electric vehicle. And that's using a 100 kilowatt hour battery. You know, Mm. now we introduce into this model 90 traditional hybrids, 10 combustion and, you know, regular engines. Yeah, yeah. And you drop it dramatically to now 205 grams per kilometer.
0: Wow. Wow. So here's your, yeah. here, here's your science and yeah. your math behind it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So, so you can see you've only reduced it by 45 grams overall per yeah. kilometer. Yeah. Uh, wow. But, you know, and that's only looking at 100 vehicles. Now, if you look at 100 million vehicles, of course, right? you know, right. it yeah. becomes, you know, Exponential at that point. Exactly. So, yeah. I think that they're truly onto something with this research that they've done, the, the science behind it, and, and looking at the balance of all of our transportation needs.
0: Yeah, no, exactly right. And this uh, executive uh, from Toyota likened today's enthusiasm for EVs to yesterday's confidence in autonomous driving. (laughs) It it says it's uh, overly optimistic, he said, citing uh, Amara's law, a, a maxim claiming humans, and I quote here, overestimate the effect of a technology in the short run and underestimate the effect in the long run. There you go. Yeah. Whatever happened to those autonomous vehicles? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I saw I saw one uh, driving around Sam's Club the other day taking inventory. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> an autonomous vehicle. This little little thing, this device, going around the store. Yeah. doing inventory. Great. Yeah. Great. Where's George All, Jetson when we I'll need buy him? It. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, we we were supposed to have the, if you will, flying car by the year two
0: thousand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just ask George Jetson. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, no, you're right. We, we don't hear much about those autonomous vehicles anymore. No. That's kind of uh, gone to the background a little bit.
1: It has. You know, I think the technology is out there, and it's probably a lot more prevalent than we realize. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, you know, with all this technology that they've come out with, they're just trying to take that, if you will, human factor out of the equation. You know, they're trying to take, well, you know— the cause of the accident, ninety-nine percent of the time, is is us. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. whether it be distraction or, or whatever. Um, but you take that human element out of it. But we've soon to discover, much like you know, Tesla had some incidents uh, over the last few years where their autonomous driving didn't work so well.
0: Right. Yeah. So you know that is kind of is it on the back burner at this point, or uh, you know, because they they were talking that you know one time uh, not too long ago. You know, uh, talking about the fact that uh, we wouldn't need uh, you know truck drivers anymore. <laughs> I, really, I, I mean you know, that all all the payloads would be going from coast to coast uh, autonomously. Right, and yeah. I, I
1: think there's probably a lot more of it out there than you realize. Uh, but there's still somebody in some way, shape, or form in that vehicle, whether it's person, you know, physically there right. or virtually there. But yeah. somebody is watching over that. You know, right. no different than you know the military and the and please don't confuse us but the drones that they have are are actually rather large aircraft but there's somebody always flying that aircraft it's not fully autonomous
0: right all right so there you go it says the lithium shortages and lack of recharging infrastructure will create an inevitable bottleneck that will kneecap big volume rollouts of pure electric vehicles over the next decade so there you go. So, how how uh, readily available at uh, you know your your local dealership are electric vehicles these days?
1: They're only given a, a handful here and there, and each dealer is allocated just a few. You know, so it really hasn't become as mainstream a, as you would expect. You know, there's it's much like a high end sports car right now. There's just a few available. You know, Tesla's done really good. Uh, they're always at the forefront, and they're they're always in the headlines, one way, shape, or form, right. uh, of getting that those electric vehicles out there. And you can't drive down the streets of Concord today and not at least see a couple of them out there. Right. Uh, so, there are other electric vehicles out there. We had one of the uh, the Lucid Air models at the shop. Uh, but that comes with a pretty high price tag, but it also has that huge range to it as well, Yeah, a 500 plus mile range to it. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is Um, something. That's a lot of lithium. Yeah. And and (laughs) you
1: you really don't hear much about your mainstream automakers. You know, Ford has probably been at the, the next level, if you will, with their E Mustang and E Lightning and stuff like that. Uh, but again, you don't see a lot of them out there. I see the Rivian trucks. I see a couple of the Rivian trucks around, Yeah. Uh, but again, it's... They're not as prevalent as, I guess, some
0: people would like to see. Dan Weed is with us from Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. Open right now if you'd like to make an appointment. 603-225-7988. Operators are standing by, I assume, Dan? Yes, they are. Bobby is there for you, and uh, and Ronnie has stepped up to the plate for us, and Uh,
1: He's come out of the shop into the front desk. He he has hit a home run. Bobby and Ronnie are are heading up the front desk
0: for us. All right. There you go. Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. We'll take a break. Uh, Dan Weed is here. If you have any questions for Dan, comments, views, ideas, opinions, whatever, uh, give us a call, 603-224-1450. 224-1450. Right on the AM dial, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Dan Weed is here. Weed Family Automotive. They We have been around a long time here at WKXL over the years, but uh, 78 years Dan hasn't been around quite that long at Weed Family Automotive, or in general. In general, you right. haven't been around that long. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you've been around how long now? Uh, Twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven this year. years yeah. serving the uh, greater Concord community very well, and uh, we've been talking mostly about. Uh, EVs and uh, hybrid vehicles. Do you see a lot of uh, hybrids coming into the shop? We do. I yeah. mean,
1: we, we've serviced hybrids for many, many years, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's just part of our, our regular routine at this point. And it's something we see on a daily basis as far as the hybrids. And, you know, I want to point out, too, that Toyota is not anti EV. No, not, no, I mean, no, not, not pointing, at all. They're you know, just
0: realistic. That's yeah, well, I think
1: <laughs> great. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, you know they, they look to sell by 2030, you know, Three and a half million EVs by 2030. Yeah, uh, a million of them from Lexus. You know, and Lexus aims to go fully electric globally by 2035. So, you do have a commitment from Toyota to embrace the EV technology as part of their business model. Right. But they also understand that it has to be, as they called it, a blended approach between internal combustion engines, EV, and hybrids to really make that. Uh, distinct impact on the carbon emissions
0: you still see uh just uh, gas-powered vehicles coming into the shop anymore <laughs> <laughs> i know i bring mine in but <laughs> is that still the majority of vehicles yes. yeah that, that's probably vast majority, a vast majority would you majority. say i would yeah. say
1: 85 to 90 percent of what we service yes
0: yeah regular gas-powered vehicles right.
1: and, and still remember that a hybrid has a gasoline-powered sure.
0: engine. sure yeah yeah So uh, what kind of mileage does a hybrid vehicle get? And I know it varies by model and make and and what have you, but generally speaking. Well, in the Prius world, you know, it was in the 50s. You know, they were talking 40,
1: you know, average 45 to 55 if you really, uh, if if you follow the rules and baby it. And, and, you know, you're doing 55 to 60 miles per hour and, and you're focusing on that fuel mileage, you can approach that. Uh, but again, it comes with a price. You know, your your sticker price for that hybrid is certainly mm-hmm. much higher right now than what you would pay for a regular internal combustion engine. And if you stop and think about it, that had the diesel technology really taken off, you go all the way back to the early 80s when Volkswagen had their uh, Rabbit diesel, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or Ford had their little Tempo diesel. Uh, GM had it in their Vega. I didn't think it did as well. But... Back to the Volkswagen model, that little rabbit diesel back in the 80s was getting 40 to 50 miles per gallon, and that's that's pre-emissions. Yeah, you know. yeah. And, of course, back in the 80s, you were paying, what, 50, 75 cents per <laughs> gallon of diesel at the time, I'm guessing. Right, yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. you
1: know, here you are with, I call it old-school technology, still getting 40 to 50 miles per gallon with that diesel engine. Yeah, uh, yeah there is however if you want to do some research there's a lot of gas powered highly economical vehicles that you can approach that 40 to 50 miles per gallon with you know some of your basic models you know your little toyota corollas the base model honda civics stuff like that uh the subarus i believe some of their models are pushing that 35 to 40 miles per gallon or or more Uh, so do your research check it out but for A a lesser investment, you can get an internal combustion engine, a gasoline-powered engine, that approaches the mileage of a hybrid.
0: Oh, that that is something Uh, good to know. And uh, do you see many diesel uh, vehicles coming into your shop?
1: Well, we see it more in the truck market than we do the car market. Uh, Chevrolet, uh, a few years ago, had the Chevy Cruze diesel. They were terrific with their advertising campaign with it, you know, showing the guys in the white lab coats.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How, how clean they stayed, yeah, Look right? how clean <laughs> they <laughs> stayed and everything. Uh,
1: and and un, unfortunately, you know, given the major failure in the 80s of Chevy's diesel program, uh, it just didn't catch on. But most of the other countries in our world right now, their diesel fleet is much bigger than the gasoline fleet. Because diesel in third world countries uh, is a lot more readily available than gasoline, so mm. you see cars, trucks, and whatever all running on gasoline. And, and you just think back again, seventies, eighties. Yeah. BMW and Mercedes were eighty plus percent powered by diesel
0: engines. And diesel fuel used to be cheaper, a lot cheaper than your regular yeah. gasoline. Right. Yeah. But no more.
1: No. No. Because of the in- environmental standards they they put forth, and you had to have uh, low sulfur fuel to offset the emissions, which brought in a whole different set of problems with the vehicles that weren't retrofitted for it, uh, much like when we came out with unleaded gasoline. Yeah. You know, they're, right. they had to retrofit a lot of these engines that were in the fleet already to be able to run on unleaded gasoline. And, heck, if you look at the general aviation industry right now they're struggling hard because they still produce leaded fuel you know they have their 100 low lead fuel Mm -hmm. that runs in all the general aviation aircraft and they're struggling right now to find a substitute without having to retrofit the entire
0: general aviation fleet wow boy that is something yeah yeah didn't didn't realize that uh, Dan Weed is with us. We find out a lot of things. This is uh, this is my uh, automotive <laughs> education here that I that I never had in a previous life. But since Dan came into my life, I, I know a little bit more. Not much, but uh, but Dan is trying anyway to educate me. Uh, now you, you mentioned the electric vehicles are, are tough to come by at your local dealerships. Uh, what about the hybrid vehicles?
1: Hybrids are a lot more prevalent. Yeah. You know. You look at the Chevy Volt and stuff, uh, obviously a Toyota Prius, uh, the Hondas, you know, a hybrid is more readily available and more mainstream. Uh, my daughter was looking for one recently and again discovered that for a lesser investment, she could buy a more fuel efficient vehicle and do just as well. Uh, but she would have still had to have ordered uh, the hybrid that she wanted so that that particular one wasn't in stock.
0: Yeah. Very good. But I think, you know, the
1: the, overall, the dealer inventories, whether you look at new cars or used cars, still isn't Mm -hmm. up to the level that we had seen in years past. They are still struggling to get inventory. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see a lot of the dealers will pack their front line to make the rest of the lot look full, but, you know, they still don't have the inventory levels that they'd like to see. Uh, A couple of the, I call it higher-end used car dealers around here, where they have 20, 30 cars in their lot might have 10 or 15 now, you know, so they're still struggling to get inventory. Drive by any of the new car dealers, whether it's Groponis, banks, whatever it happens to be, and none of them have the inventory levels that they did three years ago.
0: So why is that?
1: Well, it comes down to a lot of things. You know, I think a lot of it was COVID driven and that they were struggling with supply chain issues yeah. anyway. Right. And now the shortage of the workforce that we have has combined to create an even worse supply chain than we had before.
0: Worse. Worse. Worse than it was, yeah. yeah. You
1: know, we're, we're starting to see it ease yeah. up a little yeah. bit, but still some of the everyday stuff. You know, we recently were waited for almost four weeks to get a part for one car. Wow. Um, and my friends that are in the collision industry... Uh, when I'm talking to them, they're sometimes waiting 8 or 10 weeks for parts for some of these cars to get them back on the road. And if you stop and think that there's a ripple effect to that, that all of a sudden, well, your car's in the body shop for 8 or 10 weeks, but guess what your rental policy on your insurance clause is?
0: Yeah, it doesn't cover 8 to 10 weeks. It doesn't cover 8 to 10 weeks.
1: So a lot of times, hopefully you have a spare car kicking around, uh, something you can borrow from a family member, or you're stuck footing that rental bill
0: yeah. you know, for.
1: The or, remaining or just take period. an Uber
0: everywhere, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll run out of money quickly doing that. You know, that's for sure. You know, so
1: th- there's a, a, a ripple effect to the whole supply chain issue. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, you know the, the the front line that we see obviously is at the car dealerships. But I think it goes beyond that. You look at the price of your average consumer electronics these days, and the prices have gone up, like anything else, substantially. And I think it all comes down to the basic cost of transportation, of getting some of the stuff there, or or in some cases not even being able to get it.
0: Very true. Very true. Dan Weed is with us from Weed Family Automotive, and uh, when we come back from our break, we'll find out uh, what else is happening in the automotive world. Dan Weed at uh, 124 Storage Street in Concord. Uh, give them a call right now. You can make an appointment at 603-225-7988. Operators are standing by, and folks, they will be open on President's Day. Dan confirmed that for us uh, just moments ago here on WKXL. NHtalkradio.com. We'll take a break. Kale & Company Live presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale & Company live here on WKXL. Time flies when you're having fun and uh, talking about EVs and hybrid vehicles. Dan Weed is here from Weed Family Automotive, conveniently located in downtown Concord at 124 Stores Street. And uh, Dan is open Monday through Friday. He will be open President's Day. And uh, what else is happening, Dan, around the automotive industry?
1: So I picked up this article. uh, So this has been grumblings for a little while with Hyundai and Kia. Uh, This started over in Europe, of course, on social media, that there was a super easy way of stealing Hyundai and Kia vehicles. Ah, are uh, you going
0: to tell us about it? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you research that oh, on your own. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: but a lot of these cars had come through with no anti-theft technology t- to speak of. And, you know, much like we had in the cars years ago, there was nothing there. Uh, but somebody has discovered a way to make it super easy to steal these cars, uh, start them up, drive them away, to the point that, uh, there's insurance companies in our country now that will not take on new policies with certain Hyundai and Kia models. Really? Yes. Wow. They're being stolen 19 times more than any other car right now. That is amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a high rate. Yeah. There was a deal, a couple of a dealer that some of their technicians got together, developed uh, this little anti theft device that would plug in. Um, so they were selling that. But, uh, Hyundai and Kia just today actually announced that they found a uh, software upgrade for all their cars, so 8.3 million vehicles
0: uh, that they're going to do a software upgrade for free for you. Wow. That is something, huh? Yeah. Uh, so speaking about things that are stolen on a regular basis, <laughs> the catalytic converters, and I see where uh, Congress has reintroduced a bill to try and stop the surge of Catalytic converter thefts Sure uh, and, and the idea <laughs> is to have the, the VIN number of the vehicle uh, Stamped on to the catalytic converter Sure
1: I mean, uh, they, they do that On a lot of components already anyway Particularly body components uh, But it's one more step For the manufacturer, however And what's to say That these thieves Aren't just going to grind That VIN number Well,
0: off? yeah I mean, is that going to stop it? I mean, right. certainly not completely No, uh,
1: and I think it, you know where it comes down to is, I'll call it the, the the end of the cycle, so to speak, is where are these thieves getting the money for these catalytic converters? And yeah. they have to bring it to some sort of, if you will, recycling yard or something like that. Yeah. So it would, in my mind, anyway, I would think that these recycling yards would be asking for a VIN number for the car that that converter came off of, a copy of the registration, something, you know, rather than somebody walking in their door with, 10 or 15 catalytic converters. (laughs) Yeah. You know, all right, show show me where you got this from. kind of suspicious. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Show show me the paper trailer. Or especially, you know, know, when they walk in with a brand new catalytic converter that, you know, was cut off a a dealership lot. And unfortunately, it happens every day, and it still continues to happen. We had one uh, in the shop this week that the converter was cut out of it. Uh, So, but again, I think it... You know, I don't think they're going to legislate their way out of this one, so to speak. Um, I think they, they need to look at the supply chain in this case and see where the bad actors are. And again, you know, if somebody walks in with, I don't care, one or two converters right. or 20 converters, show me the paper trail where these converters came from. Yeah. You know, the salvage yards have a way of tracking it. You, you can't bring a car to a salvage yard today without a title to it because... They were getting so many stolen cars over the years mm. that yeah. all, all of a sudden, you know, they go to report it to the state and, oh, that vehicle was stolen or this vehicle is stolen. So you can't bring a car to get your two or $300 for that vehicle uh, to a scrapyard without a VIN number. So why shouldn't the recycling yards be held to the same standard
0: with right. a catalytic converter? But obviously, there are places where people, uh, even in this area, I mean, because you hear about it all the time, mm-hmm. uh, they must be able to take them and uh, make a profit out, out of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we we deal with a couple of companies that come to get pick up our converters. Uh, they're they're well known companies, so they have a tracking program. And one of the gentlemen had his truck parked in his yard one night, and somebody came along and took all the converters out of the back of his truck. Well, so. You know, and, and he had all his documentation to go with it. So when he turned it into his you know, headquarters, everything was there. But now these are all gone. So where did all these people take – or where did these, in this particular case, yeah. take these 20, 30, 40 converters, whatever it was? And these were all new? Uh, the, well, these were all converters from repair shops that uh, he goes uh, to, to okay. collect them from uh, okay. uh, yeah. and turns them back into his company, which yeah. recycles them. but. They were in his truck. Somebody took them out of his truck, but where, where are these thieves taking them to get the cash? Well,
0: yeah, and there, there must be some places right. uh, not too far from where we are right. that are giving cash for these converters. So, what uh, for those who don't know, what what does make them so valuable? It's the precious metals inside. So, they use uh,
1: different chemical makeup within the converter that, as the emission, as the exhaust comes through the converter the converter is basically like a filter for your exhaust. So all these particulate emissions that come through, pass through the converter, they actually stick to the converter, gets converted into a different material and then passes out the tailpipe. So you actually reduce the emissions. So you, that catalytic converter is a filter for your exhaust. Is yeah. the easiest way to explain it. And I think they use some platinum in there and some other precious metals. And so they, these companies, these metals don't go away, they don't wear out, they're always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these companies will come in, open up the converter, the, the metal shell, take the precious metals out yeah. and recycle them. Wow. And so that's where, where that's where the value comes in. And depending on the converter, it might be anywhere from twenty dollars in the in the recycling world
0: to several hundred dollars in the recycling world. Yeah. I mean, twenty bucks. I mean, it doesn't uh, really seem to make it worthwhile. But uh, we're well, talking about several hundred. But but, but you know, <laughs> again,
1: you're looking at the people that are doing this, yeah. and I'm, I hate to say it, but you know, they're going to get more drugs, more alcohol, yeah. more whatever yeah. with that well, twenty dollars, fifty dollars, whatever it happens to be.
0: Most of our crime is fueled, right? right. Uh, in in that regard, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, at any rate, I guess it will continue to happen. I don't know if the VIN number on it is going to make a whole lot of difference. To, I, I don't to, see that. Uh, yeah. you know, they, they need
1: to look at this from a different perspective and find, you know, I guess the old saying is follow the money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure it's uh, it's not cheap to replace a catalytic. Converter. No, and that's, you know, yeah. where I think a lot of the insurance companies are
1: really feeling the pinch because, you know, your average converter replacement cost is anywhere from 800 to a couple thousand dollars and in the case of there's some other exhaust
0: systems out there that it can be multiple thousands of dollars and what about catalytic converters on the supply chain are they they, yeah they must be tough to come by we're we're still struggling to get you know yeah simple things like that so yeah uh, and
1: in certain cases, you know, if it's a highly popular car, you can look at, to the aftermarket industry. Mm-hmm. But we've even run into problems with some of the aftermarket components, you know, years ago. We couldn't put an aftermarket converter on certain cars because it would set the check engine light, you know, because yeah. that, that converter didn't meet the factory standards. So there are certain makes and models that we have to go back to the OE to get these components for, because the the aftermarket just doesn't make it to the standards necessary.
0: Wow. Well, well. So uh, we, j- just a couple of minutes left here, Dan. Anything else uh, going on that we should know about?
1: Well, I think we're, we're coming into, uh, this pains me to say this, we're coming into our, our spring market already. Uh, and it's hard to believe we're talking about, spring in the middle of February because I'm still waiting for my winter
0: season and I feel like we've been cheated on winter this year but (laughs) I I guess you would as a snowmobiler yeah yeah. is is it any better up north than it is uh, in the central uh, part of the state you
1: know so some of the riding up north has been good Uh, they still don't have the snow cover that they're accustomed to out there Uh, Two clubs posted on social media last night that, as of today, they're stopping grooming operations because the temperatures are going to be too warm until uh, Friday night and Saturday when the cold weather returns. And, And even their coverage, they're saying, you know, depending on where you're riding, coverage is very limited. Yeah. So... I know the sled dog races have been canceled in Laconia. Yeah, my so. daughter was supposed to run with her team a- Yeah, and, yeah. you know, highly disappointed. She just came off a 30-mile run uh, up in Maine. Uh-huh. So she's really looking forward to doing Laconia. Yeah. And uh, so that's been canceled because of lack of snow.
0: It's a shame. Yeah. No he, no black ice tournament. Uh,
1: no, the Winnie Derby, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I heard a lot of reports that the Winnie Derby, you know, people weren't even able to put their bob houses Right up because yeah, yeah. of uh, ice conditions. Yeah, So... You know, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's part of the uh, overall cycle. You know, of course, we only have, I guess, climate records dating back to the 1800s or so. I'd like to see it go back a couple more hundred years to see what the data says. Is this just part of a, a, a natural trending cycle? Is it cold? Is it hot? And where does it where does it stop?
0: Yeah, indeed. You know, it, uh, I, I guess the, uh, the ski industry is doing OK right. uh, because, you know, obviously they can make snow when the weather is right. Uh, but uh, with snowmobilers like yourself, and uh, for other outdoor activities, it uh, hasn't been so great. No, we've we've been uh, severely limited. You know, and, and even the
1: ski industry is feeling the pinch. You know, when you don't yeah. have the snow in your backyard, you know, a lot of people don't go. But right. you know, natural snow is way better than the man-made snow. Sure, so. Yeah, no question.
0: Dan Weed, as always, thank you, and uh, always uh, enlightening and uh, informative. And uh, hope to have you back soon. It's great to be here thank you. Dan Weed Weed Family Automotive 124 stores Street in Concord Call them right now make an appointment 6032257988. I have a February birthday. I got my inspection in December. It, it gives you a good feeling that you don't have to do it. Happy birthday in, in your birthday month <laughs> you know but at any rate so you can go and get your inspection now if you you know have an April May birthday yeah. you'll be good. Dan, thanks. See you. We'll see you tomorrow. Kale & Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.